Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 505 Podcast. Well, it feels a little lighter in Rockland uh, on this fine Tuesday evening. Feels nice and even. Nice and super even on the yeah. table. <laughs> our uh, our good friend Chase isn't here. He's shooting for Kia right now. So Chase, we're holding down the fort for you. But we have an incredible episode today. A lot, lot of stuff to catch up on. And we asked you guys on our Instagram stories what you wanted to hear today. So we have some some fun questions. Yeah, I'm excited because this is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a minute. I feel like we always kind of come with the topics and this was an uh, this was a way to ask you guys what you guys want to hear and answer you guys questions directly outside of the DMs. There it is. And I actually switched bevs. I I'm I'm not to water? No, not to water. Mm-hmm. I I'm I've switched over from Monster for those listening. Now I'm a Yerba Mate guy. Am I looking at Jack Cook? Yeah, Jack Cook is actually sitting in this chair, and he's Whoa. the one who actually converted me to this newfound religion. And I will say, I really do like it. It's a really? clean, cleaner energy. One thing I will notice, okay, big, big factor, right? Chloe specifically said that my breath was a little stinky, and I was like, that's a lie. But then after I switched, I noticed it, and it, it, it genuinely was real. It was honestly like a, my... I don't know. My breath literally, I could taste this like aftertaste of mo- It's super weird. Like, okay. But it, now it's gone. It, after stopping them for like X amount of yeah. gone. They don't, don't have it anymore. And I know how anal you are about your teeth and your hygiene. Yeah. So that must have been, it's nice to it be is like. Ni- it is nice. And I think my biggest proponent to switching was we're, we're, we're trying to get fit. You and I. Totally. We're, we're trying to get huge right mm-hmm. now. And the more I talked to my buddies that were super into fitness and they're like, yo, you should just stop drinking them. And I was like, yeah, but I, I want like a clean source of caffeine and I don't enjoy coffee. So this was a great alternative. And now I'm really happy. So I have Amazon prime two weeks, every two weeks. Oh, oh, you set up the like recurring yes. payment. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Easy. Are you kidding me? It's 60 bucks a month for all the, all 30 drinks. Oh, there you go. So it's, yeah, I'm set. I'm a new, I'm a newfound guy. I love, and do you find that it gives you the same amount of energy, a little bit less, if not more? If not more it's kind of weird. I, uh, but I, I think that's just because it's a new source of sure. caffeine. I think it'll go away in like yeah. a month, but I do like the taste and it's now it's a part of the routine now. I yeah. love that. So we're yeah, ch- we are, we are getting fit, huh? We're getting, you and I are just staying big. I don't know if this table got a little bit wider. You might be a little bit farther away from me. You look a little bit smaller today <laughs> than normal. Maybe my eyesight's a little bit. Well, worse. this is a large. I know you're wearing oh. small shirts. <laughs> Got the pump cover on, huh? Yeah, I don't want to scare anybody off um, on the pot. <laughs> trying to keep everybody like included in shit, you know? Yeah, speaking of being in shape and being athletic as fuck, um, you just shot the season opener. I did. I shot the season opener and... I w- I've been testing my 40 time all summer, so I've been prepping and Russell <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Guys, I will wake up at like 3 a.m. middle of the night to like, like I hear like footsteps mm. and Brayden is just running sprints in our fucking living room. We live in the penthouse. <laughs> yeah. So everybody below has been feeling yeah. my wrath of my 40 practice. But anyways, Russell Westbrook does this thing where at the end of his warm up, he shoots from the corner, like kind of to the left of the basket. So it's not a clear shot, you know, and he like sure. really hooks it, really big, big arc on the ball. And then he sprints in to, uh, to the locker room. And we did this thing last year where I chased him a few times. I thought it was kind of funny. So last night I was like, yeah, I've been, I've been practicing in case you're wondering. And he just smiled and then he took off and I, I was right behind Kept him. So, yeah. I was right behind him. He, yeah. So 
Did I, he ever acknowledge like last season that you would run after him? Yeah, yeah. He would like look at me and like smile and then like try and try and go faster than me. That's but funny. I feel like this season specifically, I'm coming to get the absolute best stuff that I can get. You feel like you're coming in with a new mindset? Yeah, new mindset. Like I'm, I really feel like if I'm pressing record, I'm trying to get a frame. Mm. Not just pressing record to be like, oh, let's get this. Mo-. I, I feel like I know exactly where everything is right now. And that was one of the things that I was talking to my my students about. We just wrapped up the six-week uh, program for sports. It was super Dude, that's fun. that's exciting. We had 76 people in the program. That's amazing. And they all graduated flying colors. Everybody did great. And I love coaching. I really do. Oh, yeah. It was super fun. And I think the biggest thing, though, for this year specifically and what I was teaching them is like plan is the whole thing. Preparation changes expectation. If you come there with a plan, you're going to get better stuff and you'll you'll get home and you won't be sad. Totally. You have something to keep you accountable, like a yeah. piece of paper that's like, yo, I need to get this shot. So that really helped a lot. And I specifically was trying very different focal lengths than normal. I was a lot of primes last night. I was ripping the 85, ripped the 35 for a little bit. And then the, the 70 to 200, but everything was looking crispy. And I was, what, what do you usually the shoot 20, with? Usually the 24 to 105, and I just don't take it off. Mm. But I wanted to mess around with these different apertures because I think okay. it, it's just like wide, like wide open looks so cool. And now Staples or crypto.com has these three new banners okay. that are like around for like advertisement. So then that's added a whole new set of light. The light's completely different this oh. year, which is sick. So different light. It's way brighter in there, which Dude, lighting I didn't know. makes such a difference. Yeah, it's crazy. When I'm shooting these concerts, I'll mm. notice like venue to venue, mm. the lighting changes. And sometimes the lighting makes it easier to shoot. And sometimes it makes it harder when it's pr- when it's properly lit. Man, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's the whole thing. And now now we have these new lights to play around with and like, oh, I'm going to shoot from over here. I'm like, oh, that looked different. It was funny because last night when they did their walkout, I tried to do something and somebody got in my way. And I was like, damn, but that's like part of the job. You know, it's like, OK, that didn't work. Next game, I'm going to yeah. Sunday. I'm leaving to go shoot the war for the war for the Lakers against the Warriors in SF. So I'm going to have a new arena. I've never shot an Oracle. So it'll be interesting to see. Oh, so it's bigger yeah, because you don't travel. No, a ton yeah. With them. So now but now this year we're going to travel. So oh, yeah. it'll be sick. So get go see Oracle Arena. Never been there. And I think it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm very excited coming into this year. Braden was asking me the other night, like, hey, man, so you can take a look at the schedule, maybe pick a game that you want to come to. And I was like, dude, if it's not the Warriors, the Nets or I want to see Giannis. OK, <laughs> I don't want to come to the game. We're going to, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you tickets to a good game. And then Can we'll you believe this guys? Brayden's never <laughs> invited me to a game. Well, our, our friendship just kind of bonded officially this year. <laughs> so, but it'll be, it'll be fun. I'll get you and Chase. Um, you, Chase and Chloe can come to yeah. the game and cheer while I'm, while I'm doing my Hell thing, yeah. running around chasing all these guys. But yeah, dude, so tell me, tell me what's been going on with you. You, you went, you were a zombie, you went for five days, then you got back and then you went again. And now, bro, September was September was one of the busiest months of my entire life. I started off on a 10 day run and then I had another five day run. And then we had recently a day in Indiana or a night in Indiana. Mm. But yeah, I was gone more days than I was home in September. Didn't like that. How did that too much? Yeah, dude, I feel like I was just surviving. I was like, I just need to get to the next day. And I w- have been so tired. It's been hard to like stay consistent with the gym. Um, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> me too, bro. <laughs> Guys, I threw up at my workout the <laughs> last week, bro. I'm not even kidding. And I don't know if it's because I like 
they were pushing me hard and I kind of like lost my gains because I was just eating like shit on the road, not sleeping well. But I didn't eat before my workout and I got so fucking lightheaded, you guys. And I told the trainer, I was like, yo, man, I just I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And I literally like puked. It was all liquid. But um, I think that means I'm making progress. You're working harder. Yeah, yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> I, was like, I was literally like standing up talking to this guy. He's like explaining to me how to do this like one exercise. And I was like, dude, hold on. Like, I'm shut pass the fuck out. up. I'm about to pass out. I'm getting lightheaded. I need some water. And I think I'm going to faint. Oh, my God. Um, but but you're going to be able to show off the gains you do have in Bali on a yeah. beach in, in what? On Friday. And like a few days, you're leaving. So I was supposed to leave Saturday. I'm leaving Friday now. Um, our flight. So we fly to Manila and then Manila to Bali. But the flight from LAX to Manila got delayed two hours. We had a one hour layover. So now that wouldn't work. Would not work. Mm -hmm. So now we're flying Friday. I'm super excited. I'm going to Bali for two weeks. Surf trip with like four of my buddies from college. We got a sick Airbnb. And I'm just excited. One, I've never been to Bali, and Bali's been on my bucket list of places to visit for like years. Um, so I'm really excited to go check it out. I know you lived there for like two, three years. It, it, or two, three months. Two, three years. It, it'll be fun, though. I think that the one thing that I think you should do while you're there is you should go get like a legit motorcycle for one of the days. It's like, oh, it'd be like 10 bucks, 10 okay. US dollars to rent one for the day. And you just got to learn how to drive. I, I had, I didn't know how to drive it. It took me like, 20 minutes to learn how to do it it's different than the mopeds Di yeah because the mopeds are like an automatic and okay. the real motorcycles are manual so oh yeah so if you don't if there was this was actually really funny when we were there we had gotten these motorcycles to shoot an ad and so we're learning how to ride these like sick harley looking motorcycles and we're going to the spot to the black sand beach like a half hour away and we're going and i go oh this is a really big hill. And my buddy's like, yeah, it's, it's a hill. It's fine. And I go, dude, this is a manual dog. Like I'm just yeah. learning how to do this like 30 minutes yeah. ago. So we're stuck on the hill. There's so much traffic and everybody starts to honk and I stall. Not oh, once, no. three times. And I just, hon dude, aggressively honking at me, like saying all these things. I don't even know what they're saying, screaming at me in Indonesian. And all of a sudden I get it to go. I wheelie because I revved it to her. I wheelied for a solid like second and a half and you it held it. Oh, I didn't. I, I what's it called? Whiskey throttle where you just hold it. Cause you're like, okay. you're afraid to let sure. go. So, yeah. and I'm fully wheeling for like a second and a half. Then it goes down and we get going and it started. And so they probably think you're sick as fuck. They were like, Oh, that, that guy was just, this is all part of the plan. But anyways, it was a little terrifying. You gotta be a little careful on yeah. the hills, but you're going to have a really good time. I always wish I was that kind of guy that was like road motorcycles mm. was just like dirt that, biking. Yeah, yeah. That kind of guy. And I'm not, so I think I'm going to stick to the moped, okay. but I appreciate the wreck. The black sand beach though. Sounds pretty sick. You should go, you know, you got to get the moped though that has the surf. Um, they yeah. have little bars on them for yeah. you. So you got to get one of those. You're gonna have a great time. I'm dude, I'm so excited. And it's just, like it's it couldn't have come at a better time september was just so hectic mm -hmm. for me i'm getting to go i'm gonna try to work very little i'll probably still do some work i'm just gonna take my leica take some photos is there one thing you're most excited about the surfing i'm really excited about i'm a little nervous because it's like a super shallow and sharp reef and the paddle out looks pretty intense um but but that's going to be your workout for the next few weeks. Exactly. So you don't even have the lats to are going to be going. Crazy. You're going to be able to fly away by the time that you get back out here. Honestly, I think I'm just excited to like leave the country. Yeah. And go. Explore How long has there. it been since you've been, not counting Canada or Mexico since you've been um, out of the country? I went to Nicaragua last year. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the same squad. Just there's actually a few more guys on that trip. That was a surf trip that I went to. That was amazing. Um, but it was 
a lot more just strictly surf because there wasn't much to like explore. Mm-hmm. Bali, I'm excited because we're like, we'll surf in the morning and then just rip something in the afternoon and at night. That's going to be great. I hear there's at Uluwatu, there's this bar club like at the top of it that you can watch the surfers. There and is. also on Sunday nights, I've heard that there's like a party. Yeah, there so is. I'm excited for that. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a great time. The Aussie girls will be out and about, so maybe you'll Dude. find like an Aussie girlfriend. Or well, something. I can't get any bitches like in the U.S. It's been a struggle, so maybe I'll get some uh, abroad. What do you think? <laughs> Probably not. But, <laughs> but anyways, now it's Q and A time, and we you guys sent us so many good questions. There's tons of them, and I think we're just gonna go rapid fire, and we'll kind of we'll go off of them as we as we go. But number one, starting us off. This is a great question we get all the time, and it's the importance of making content for yourself. What do you think about that? How often should you be doing that? Should you do it? What does that look like? Because I think we all get wrapped up in making a lot of client stuff, and you forget to create for yourself. Yeah, so this was asked by Evan Anderson, so shout out. Um, Yeah, the importance of making stuff for yourself, I think, is super important for a couple of reasons. One, if you create too much stuff for other people and you don't create for yourself, you kind of can fall out of love and forget like why you do this in the first place. And you kind of can build a little bit of resentment towards like the clients that you're working with or doing said client work. Um, and I think it's just super important to always take time for yourself to create for yourself. And um, specifically also because when you create for clients, there's always going to be like creative constraints or like deadlines. So creating for yourself allows you to have complete creative freedom and also like just create when you feel like it. Yeah. Chase did a shoot with Aaron Brimhall. He makes really badass car stuff. Dude, his stuff is so cool. I hope we can get him on the pod one day. We'll get him on. He's amazing. He's a beast, but he was, Chase was asking him on the shoot. He's like, how did you, how do you know, how do you stay inspired? Whatever. And he was like, dude, honestly, all a lot, most of this stuff I do is just like spec work just for fun with my buddies in the desert. And we make really cool stuff. And then brands saw it and they're like, Oh, Hey, can you do that? And we'll pay you to do that with our car. So that's really cool to see, you know, someone at the top of their game who still is shooting for fun. Yeah. And most of the stuff, like if you go see his page, a lot of it is just stuff for fun, which is really cool to see. And I think that for me, it's like making the vlogs or like making little TikToks. It's yeah. like that keeps me inspired, having fun and like making it fresh rather than, oh, this is all I do and it's a job because it didn't start like that. Totally. And I didn't want it to be a job. I kind of did. I wanted to be like a YouTuber or whatever, yeah. but it wasn't, you know, wasn't that whole thing. I also think there's power in saying no. Mm. And if you're going to say no to a client or let's say you're just like overwhelmed, like you don't want to take on any more work, say no to a project, even if you're free mm-hmm. and then go create something for yourself. Like yeah. if you're going to say no to someone else, say yes to yourself, hire yourself. There it is. And I think it just keeps things fresh yeah. and uh, keeps you inspired. Free work, I'm telling you, will make you the most money in 100%. your career. Yeah. hundred, like absolutely. Because you're going to, you're going to have the full creative control. It'll be your most authentic piece of work. You won't have anybody giving you any output and you're going to make a great piece and you'll be happy with it. You'll have something on the portfolio. Totally. What do you do when you're burnt out? Oh, this was asked by my sister. Shout whoop, out Triana. Whoop, whoop. Okay. So I think when you're burnt out is a little bit different than when you're like feeling creatively like stuck or frustrated Mm. when you're burnt out you're in that mindset of like dude i don't want to pick up a camera i don't want to open up premiere Mm -hmm. open up lightroom like i don't want to do i don't want to you want to shoot for fun you don't want to do anything anything so i think when i'm feeling burnt out you got to just like take care of your mind and your body and like control what you can control and the easiest way to do that is like make sure you're getting enough sleep 
make sure you're drinking enough water and make sure you're eating healthy and get out of the house. Okay. Yeah. I would also say go do something that's like completely not related to work. I, I think that that's a great plan. And also on top of that, like might we talked about this a lot, micro trips, like going for totally. an hour away, two hours away for, you know, maybe even if you can get a hotel or whatever, yeah. just something to like shake it up. Get out of that current mindset in this in this revolution that you're just in. We got we got to figure out a way to almost shake ourselves out of it. You know, re-inspire yourself. Watch some. Go consume. Go yeah. Watch something you like. You like watching Netflix or your favorite creator. Like, go put yourself. Go get your favorite smoothie. Yeah. Wh- whatever. Like, you got to do something to give you back a little bit of energy and hopefully get you out of this burnout that you're yeah. feeling. I'm big on retail therapy. I love that. Just go blow a couple hundred dollars on some clothes, <laughs> get a fit. And it'll make you feel pretty damn <laughs> yeah. good if you go get a new fit. <laughs> what, 100%. Do you, what do you think is the most underrated lenses from Ezra? Most underrated lens. Okay, this is a lens that I haven't been using as often recently, just because, um, because I'm doing photo and video, I typically just stick to zoom lenses, but I love an 85 prime. It, it's, it was one of my go-to lenses for a while in my kit. There's something like, I'm not a huge fan of the 50 mil Me focal neither. length. Me neither. Like I've always said, and I always think like either go wide or go tight. And, and that 50 is kind of just somewhere in between. I think there's a place for it, yeah. but I prefer the 85 mil over a 50 mil and with a prime lens, you can just get a lot sharper of an image. So my favorite, most underrated lens, I would say is an 85 prime. And my most underrated lens is going to be the 35 prime. And that's what we actually, we bought that originally from For the Red. That mm-hmm. was our lens that we had purchased. It was a cinema lens, our first cinema lens that we ever bought. And the 35, like it hits, dude. It looks super pretty. It's like in between the 24 and the 50. And it's just, a, it looks nice on faces. Yeah. I think you go a little bit too wide and then you get a little distortion on someone's face. But totally. 35, you can get, you can get tied up you can get tightened up with somebody and it's like, oh, that could look like maybe like a 50. And then you could go, if you stood back and yeah. like, oh, that's a wide shot. It's wide enough to where you still can get something wide, totally. but also tight enough to where you still get that little punch. A question for you. Hmm. You said you were using a 35 last night. Those lenses that you're using, like, is that all gear that the Lakers own? Yeah, yeah. So okay. they, they own like a 35 Prime. They just bought it, actually. They bought us actually like three or four sick new lenses. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been great. So 35 Prime is one we got. I was using an 85, like 1.4 last night, which was ridiculous. It was super fun. Just trying to try different things. It's 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 definitely inspiring me more because yeah. I feel like, especially for a lot of you guys that shoot the same shit over and over and over again, you got to do something to shake it up. And sometimes you're like, oh, get a different angle. It's like, I've gotten every damn angle inside of Staple, or crypto.com. I've gotten every angle. So it's like, how can I get something different? And it's perspective. Perspective's different now. So it's like, I'm shooting at a different length and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing that. And I used to not notice that detail before or whatever. I think also what's interesting about using Prime specifically is when you're using zoom lenses, you can be a little bit lazy Mm. because you're like, I can just zoom in a little bit. Mm. When you have a Prime, you're not able to zoom in or out. Mm -hmm. So you really have to get creative and like think about your positioning. Definitely. Yeah, and not to go on a tangent on that, but I remember I was looking at a lot of the stuff from last season. And I made a lot of the biggest mistake and gripe that I had with a lot of the footage was say I'd be at like 24 and something would happen and I would zoom in too early instead of just sticking at a focal length. So when you shoot on a prime, like even with the people that I critique work from, they'll be shooting a play and they zoom in. I'm like, you just ruined this like. Yeah, because that shouldn't happen. And a zoom doesn't happen. My eye doesn't zoom in real life. Yeah. So you got to think about that, you know, like 
if you if you're sticking at a focal length or you have to zoom in and you're out of focus for it ruins the shot yeah so it's like how can you make it as cinematic and as beautiful just like that person's eye is sitting on the court totally that's the way i kind of i'm trying to think about it this year i'm trying to be very intentional with the millimeter that i'm shooting at and the f-stop and where i'm standing you got to commit mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree 100 yeah I, I find that like i along with that with like the zoom in and I, you've said this before, but like stay on the shot longer than you think. Yeah. And, and the zoom can kind of mm-hmm. fuck it up because maybe yeah. sometimes you're like, man, if I hadn't zoomed in or out, that would have been a really clean shot, but yeah. it's maybe a little bit unusable or it looks a little mm-hmm. bit weird if you zoom. Definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Oh, this is a really good question. I actually was meaning to ask you this. This is from Joey um, Silani. What roids did you take after high school? So I was on a, a juice cleanse and oh. <laughs> it was a daily thing. Every single cayenne pepper and celery and a little bit of uh, dog food. You mix it all together and that little concoction, that's what really actually gotcha. swelled me up. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you're on gear right now, but you're clearly not. <laughs> um, did you see the eight muscle ups that I did the other day though? <laughs> Dude, come on. Well, that's interesting because I could be a gymnast. So, so Josh Aiken then asks, "Who's stronger, B. Figgy or Costas?" And um, I'm gonna give it to you. I I don't even Thanks. think I can do one muscle up. That's actually it's like unbelievably impressive. Thanks. I've been trying for those for a long time. Yeah. Um. Do you think you, is eight the most you can do? Yeah, about it. I'd say eight muscle ups. Yeah, it's so hard. What do you think about the state of Instagram? What are your thoughts on that? This is from our boy Alec Rip. Link in edit. Shout out if you guys see any design from the podcast. It is from that amazing, talented human being. Dude, he crushes. He it. does. He's a beast. But state of IG right now. I just feel like they've lost their identity a little bit. Mm. They're not even a little bit, a lot. I feel like they're so confused. Like they're trying to incorporate the video stuff because they see TikToks mm-hmm. killing it. But like. People are mad at them because they obviously started as a photo app and like they've kind of abandoned that and they've gone so much more towards the video stuff. And on top of that, you barely see like your friend's content. It's my biggest gripe. I I think like I I understand why the photog people are pissed off. I get it. I totally get it. My thing is, though, is when I scroll and I see Costas, one person, and I'm like, oh, follow her, follow him. I'm like, I don't give a flying shit about yeah. any of these other people. Like, wh- that was, this is the thing, right? The whole thing on Instagram is I want it so curated. Like, I don't want to follow people unless we're unless we're friends because I, I just I want a few people. I don't yeah. I don't want to follow. Like, if I want to just consume, I'll go on TikTok. Right. I just want to see what a few of my buddies are doing, what their stories are up to that day and what the what they decide to post. I don't care to see all the other stuff. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I still think that Instagram holds a lot of power. Totally. I, I don't see it really going anywhere. I think there's too much money behind it. Yeah. But I I would argue that like there's room right now for another app to come and maybe take its place or for them to just like lose a lot of their 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 users mm-hmm. because they're clearly not listening to the pe- people clearly want it to go back to like hey let me see mm-hmm. what my friends are doing and show me more photos i don't want to post reels like people are posting reels because they feel like they have to not yeah. because they want to yeah exactly and i think that if they would have stayed um, on in their lane, they, they, it would be even more successful because it'd be like, oh, like funnel to my Instagram, funnel to my Instagram. Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know. We're going to have to see in these next few months. I think that the only thing you can do, though, right now is adapt. That's it. 100 percent. And we can bitch and adapt. Yeah. That's about it. What do you think are some of the most effective ways to reach out to brands? This is from Austin Framer. A lot of a lot of people ask this question. Yeah. So I would say you have to go in with intention. 
and you have to like reach out to the right person. So if you want to reach out to a brand, let's say, okay, you're wearing an All Saints shirt, All right? Saints, like yep. the likelihood of you DMing All Saints, the like at All Saints on Instagram and getting a brand deal out of them or working with them is not very likely. So what you should do is you should find the person that runs the marketing for All Saints through LinkedIn. So you can go on LinkedIn, you can search All Saints, you can see whoever works for them and find like social media coordinator or like marketer. talent. Exactly. Yeah. And you can hit them up either on on LinkedIn or uh, find their email somehow or Instagram DM. I would do that. So reach out specifically, one. Two, reach out with an idea. So let's say for All Saints, you're like, hey, I want to work with you. It's not Mm. really going to work out. Mm -hmm. But if you reach out and be like, hey, I have this idea for this like shoot I want to do. Could you guys like provide me some clothes or whatever it may be? Um, they, you know, you might start off not getting budget for the campaign, but maybe All Saints would provide you with some clothes to do a free shoot, make some TikToks, make some Instagram content, make a full on commercial, whatever it may be. So reach out with an idea. And also if you have work, if you have work that you've done in the past that is similar to that falls under the same niche as like that brand. So let's say you have worked with like another clothing brand that has maybe a similar aesthetic or you've made something, even just made something that falls under the clothing and fashion niche, show that to them so you can say, hey, I've made this, I'm capable of producing this kind of quality content. I'd love to work with you guys. This is my idea for what I'd like to do with you guys. What do you guys think? And I think that like if you get to a specific person um, and come with an idea, I think you have a better likelihood of working with that. You brand. could even go buy the damn clothes and make a 15 second ad. And be like, this is kind of the vibe of what we would create together. I would, I would argue that's probably like the smartest I, thing you I can completely do. agree. And I mean, it's very interesting because yeah, like if lots of questions from people are like, Oh, I want to reach out to the gym. Like, but do you think they'll work with me? I'm like, absolutely not dude why would they work with you if you've never shot a gym yeah you gotta like make it make sense right like literally say it out loud and be like does that make sense yeah the answer if it's no go change we change what's going on there yeah. it's like you know you can't expect someone to oh i want to shoot sports but i've never done it it's yeah. like okay how can we get you a piece of sports content go to a local high school can yeah. you hit up an alma mater can you go to the junior college in your area and just like sneak onto the f- yeah. whatever you know whatever it's going to be can you DM a guy and go to a high school football field and make an edit. Great. And now we have that one piece of content then that we can be able to leverage. Last thing I'll say specifically within like clothing, just because we were talking Mm. about All Saints, like All Saints has such a specific kind of brand. They're grungy and like moody and dark. Yeah. So show them content Mm -hmm. that falls under their niche and their branding. Like don't edit a video for all saints or take photos for all saints that are like super colorful, mm-hmm. bright and like it's poppy. Not their vibe. It's not their vibes. Yeah. So yeah. hundred percent. Hardest lesson I've learned as a creative. This is from JLLS. I think contracts are ev- literally everything. You cannot do business on a handshake anymore. When I first saw it, I thought that was possible. And then when someone doesn't want to pay you, you're like, Hey, you owe me. And they're like, no, I don't. Great. So then you're not getting that money. So make sure that everything's in writing and you will always be covered. Hardest lesson I've learned, probably like double, triple, quadruple check that you have taken your footage or photos off of your SD card and put them onto your external hard drive before you format your SD card. Because the amount of times where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I formatted, like I'm 99% sure. And then that 1% of like, oh my God, I just formatted my card and it's not on my external hard drive and you got to 
like you're fucked at that point. No, it's a great feeling when it happens. Do you need to be an intern to make it in the NBA from Henry Ward? No, you definitely do not need to be an intern, but it makes it a lot easier. Cause for example, if you're going for an NBA job, the chances of you going up against 40 other M- current NBA creators is very high. And who are they going to pick? Not the intern kid. They will pick the person who's already been in the league for X amount of years. Do you have maybe one tip that Mm -hmm. you would give a kid who wants to get an internship for a sports team that's applying? Maybe a a quick tip. Yeah, I think just create content that looks and feels like the brand of the team that you're trying to apply for. I mean, we're saying a lot of the same things, but it's so true and people just don't want to go to go the extra mile and do that type of stuff. They're like, I want to, oh, I have a, I have my style and that's what I'm going to hold by. It's like, okay, then you, you're not going to work for a set team. If your style is a bunch of crazy effects and you go look at a brand like the Lakers and you're like, Hey, I want to work for you guys. And it's like, well, that brand isn't, it's like, for example, the chargers much different look and feel than like Mm. the content that they put out, right? It's more fun and playful and they, they do get fun, like crazy with some effects. It's really cool stuff. But that their content is very different than what we put out. So it's like you have to analyze that and be like, does my style, would I fit well here? And if the answer is no, then go find somewhere else because totally. there's a place for everybody to go get a seat at the table. I believe that. I really do if you go look at it. What are your thoughts on the Sony FX30, your Sony shooter? Mm. This is a really cool thing. They, they came out with a new camera this week. Basically, the FX30 is a, and this is from on Andrea Garby. This is, um, this is a bigger, or it's actually a little FX3, basically. Why do they get messy with FX30? It should be bigger than the FX3. I agree. Right? Like, come on, Sony. Okay, so I watched Maddie. I think it's Hapuya. Hapuya, yes. Um, I watched his video on it, and he made some really interesting points. So... Mm. I think for the price point of two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, it you you're getting a crop sensor camera. So, you know, which means if you're using like a the sensor is not as big, and if you're using let's say like a sixteen millimeter lens, it's that's good. You're spilling on yourself. I just put water all over myself. That's great. No, um, a crop sensor lens basically means the sensor is not as big, so the image isn't as as high of quality and with lenses, you're going to have a crop. So if you're using a 16 millimeter lens, it's not actually a true 16. It's going to be 1.5 or 1.6 crops. So you're really looking at like what a true 24 mil mm. lens is going to look like. So that's one thing. But I think, you know, I started on a crop sensor lens. It's rare that you're going to be able to shell out the money for like yeah. a full on full frame sensor camera with like G master lens. Cause then that you're, you're literally at like five or six thousand yeah. dollars. So I think this is a really great opportunity to get a a high quality camera, even though that it is crop sensor for 2K, you're able to use crop sensor lenses on it. So like you can get a full on kit body and lens for three grand out the door. Yeah. Which is, which Which is is crazy less than you're going to spend on just the body of the FX3. Totally. Um, that you can shoot in S Cinetone, which is amazing. That's like the color profile, right? Yeah, the color profile that Sony Cinema cameras use, mm. and I that's what I use when I shoot. And it the color is great. You don't even have to like color grade it that much. You just add a little bit of contrast, boost saturation a little bit. You're good to go. Um, the one thing though that Maddie said is because it is like not as big of a sensor, it's crop sensor APS-C. The low light performance isn't as great, um, but that's like you know mm-hmm. it's give and take you're not spending as much money so it's like you're not going to get as great of yeah. quality um and then you get the great autofocus system um with sony so i think it's a really great play mm-hmm. if you're looking to you know spend a little bit more money than just like an entry-level camera mm-hmm. to step up 
and I think it's a great play. If you're like at a Little Rock camera, yeah. and you want to get that nicer quality, this could be a great a great step in the right direction. Totally. From Oh, it's Lalo. Should you niche down mm. when when you're starting out? I'm I'm gonna go with no. I think you shoot any basketball, sororities, weddings, like anything and everything. And then what do you think you do once you've been in it for a while, though? I think you don't niche down at the beginning, mm. and then you niche down. Uh, later on when you figure out what you like to shoot and what you don't mm-hmm. um, Yeah, you don't want to like shoot yourself in the foot like when you're first starting out yeah. like figure out what it is You like what it is you don't like you can shoot any and everything Honestly when we're all for when we were all first starting out and if you're first starting out You're kind of just like excited to get paid to make any yeah, and everything definitely So yeah, you don't have to niche down but I will say like there's a classic saying the riches are in the niches so like if you're really trying to make a bag as a creator like niche down find it what mm-hmm. it is you want to focus on and you can make way more money doing that i think so too I and can... you also like when you niche down you're because you're just focused on that specific thing it allows you to get really good at that yeah, one specific thing a, you'll become an expert yeah so if you want to become a creator but you don't know where to start this is from monique harbaugh she asked a few really good questions mm. this is a great one i get okay. it all the time what do you do if you don't well, you don't know where to start what do you do yeah I, my first thing is you got to analyze passions. Okay. So let's, let's use a hypothetical. I like to rock climb. Okay. How can I create content around my passion of rock climbing? We've just, we've discovered we have this passion. Then I think what we do is we go look at other rock climbing creators. Cause we got to generate a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. We're going to know what it is that we're, we want to kind of make stuff around what it is we want to talk about. So then I write all that stuff down. We need a device to record the stuff. I'm assuming 99.98% of you have a cell phone. So we're already pretty much covered on the actual thing to make the content, right? Then I think that we have to go out and film said things. So go out rock climbing with your buddy and get a little phone tripod off Amazon for like 20 bucks. And that kind of starts off the journey. And then, you know, obviously when you start out, you have to have this mindset. You're, you're just creating for fun. Cause if you're creating with this intent that I'm going to produce great content, like this guy that I follow on Instagram, you're going to fall so short, so, so short. And you're going to be sad and you're not going to want to do this again. But if you create with zero expectation yeah. and you just create because like, Hey, I'm trying this new thing. I'm having fun with it. You're going to have so much more fun and you will get so much farther than having this huge mountain of like, I need to get X amount of views or X amount of likes to make this a thing. Just do it because you want to do it. And I think all of the little things will start to fall into place as you continue to create. The yeah. worst thing you could do is to get all get all hyped up and then be like, okay, I'm gonna wait to make something until I get the camera or until I until you know this happens in my life. You're just setting up all these weird barriers in front of yourself to not start. Totally. The biggest thing you gotta do is start. I think you bring up some really good points. I think like one, finding people who inspire you, whose content you really enjoy consuming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be careful of like literally copying someone but like find a few creators take a few things that you like from their style start incorporating it into your photos or videos and and i think that's kind of how you start to develop your style again don't wait for the perfect time Mm -hmm. like i was a i was i fell into that trap when i was first starting out i was like oh i can't make this because i don't have a gimbal or whatever i'll still fall into that you (laughs) brandon and chase will tell you like literally i have a mavic 2 mavic 3 came out and i was like oh great i my drone's broken because the new one came out and i can't use the mavic 2 anymore (laughs) It obviously still works, but um, yeah, there's never going to be a perfect time to start. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't, don't, don't not create because Mm -hmm. you don't have like all the gear yet. Obviously you're going to have to make a little bit of it like an investment. What's so great about the iPhones these days is that like the camera's so damn good on it that you can produce a lot of content on Mm -hmm. that. And specifically like if you want to be a creator, like 
if you're just on TikTok, so much is done. It per, the content performs better on the phone. So like, if you have a phone, you're good to go. I would say like also maybe, I would say the two things that you can buy to like, or maybe two or three things that you can buy like when you're first starting out is like one, a decent mic, yeah. even if it's just for like your iPhone, yeah. having a mic, like a, a lapel mic totally. or whatever it may be, having good audio, invest in a, a light mm -hmm. and then like a tripod. Yeah. And that's kind of like all you need. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I didn't touch on this, but like an editing software, mm. Kosas and I use Premiere Pro, but Final Cut Pro also works if you have um, Apple products. If you have a Mac, that'll work on that. And then Descript is a free platform, which is cool. You got CapCut also. It's another free app. iMovie, if you have a Mac, you can use that. There's also DaVinci Resolve. It's another free platform yeah. that you can use. So it's a lot of different things that you can use to actually go out and create the content also real quick hmm. on like the vibe of a of a gimbal yeah the stabilization on these phones Ridiculous. is actually crazy i was shooting for the gym uh to yesterday and we had this girl who's literally a professional track star and so we were doing like explosive movements and she had like this bungee cord on and she was like running and i was like tracking her and I was running, literally, there's like a, a runway that she was running on. I was following her and I was like, I'm like shaking because I'm trying to keep up with her. Uh, and I look back at the footage, it's just like buttery smooth. It's so impressive. It's so beast. Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many cool tools that we have now that are in our yeah. arsenal to make this stuff. What does true creative success look like from Triana? Oh, shout out my sister again. Run it back. Okay, let's see. True creative success. I would say for me is when I can get to a point of I'm not trading my time for money anymore and I'm able to create on my own terms whenever I want and however I want. I like that. I think it's really, for me, it's not having somebody tell me what to do to mm. make stuff. I think Casey Neistat had a video and he's like, one day I want to never make stuff for brands. I just want to do it for myself and that'll be true creative success. But I would love for companies and stuff like that to come to me and be like, we know that you're going to do well because we know what you do. So do what you do best. And that'd be great. I also think there's levels to creative success. I, I think like I've reached mm. a level of creative success right now in the sense that like I was able to move out of my mom's place and be financially stable yeah. off of this career mm -hmm. using a camera. Like I think that is one level of creative I success. I think there's levels to it. Yeah, I agree. There's so, there's so many different levels and it, it really, it's up to, uh, it's up to the person that's in the driver's seat. Yeah. One of the, th um, this is actually pretty interesting. So Virgil Abloh came to speak at, at Wisconsin when mm -hmm. I was there and I went to go see him. He went there, he got an architect degree, I believe. Really? From Wisconsin. He went to Wisconsin and someone was like, like, what do you define as success? And his answer was, you know, there's different ways you can define success. But like for me, I just wanted to be able to wear sneakers to, to work every day. And he's like, I reached that. So like that's my level of success. Wow. That's, that's like su that's super cool. awesome. Yeah. God, how cool. Shout out Virgil, the goat. What do you think is the best camera for someone starting out in photography? This is from Rachel Rylander. Shout out, Rachel. Okay. Best cameras for someone starting out in photography. One an iPhone, mm. just like straight up. Just to start, just like just to start. get your feet wet, go take some pictures of flowers around your block like we all did. <laughs> the cameras are so good. Like the iPhone 14 Pro Max that we got <laughs> shoots raw at 48 megapixels. And it's like really impressive. It is, it is like the camera. I, I don't know if you've tested it out, toggling mm. the raw and raw off. I haven't. Oh, you should try it out because if you shoot not raw and you zoom in, it's like fine. But if you shoot raw and you zoom in, you're like, oh shit, that's nice. Really? So I would say the iPhone, start with that. But two, mm -hmm. 
I would say either a Canon Rebel series. I started on T5i. Same. I sh- I'm pretty sure they have like Canon T7 I think it's or six 8i. And, six and seven now. Like that. Yeah. Canon Rebel series or the Sony A6000. Because yep. you're looking at like a five to $600 price point, And I'm sure you can get like a kit with that all in for like seven, 800, maybe even used for like 500 bucks. And that's like, okay, we're spending under a hundred dollars. You're clearly like trying to take it a little bit more seriously. want to dabble in it, save up some bread. You know, I don't think you can go get like a point and shoot for like two, $300, but I don't know. I kind of, I like the the feeling of like holding a DSLR or mirrorless camera, like with the proper lens that you can take off yeah. and the body. I mean, I just don't think you're a true technique. Like you're yeah. not a true photographer or videographer until you have a physical camera, not just your phone. The most grueling set of projects that we've ever worked on this from Case God, shout out the boy. Um, I think personally it was one that we did not, uh, not too, not too far back. It was from zeal yeah. and it, it wasn't the, like, it wasn't ha- like hard. It was more that it was just in so many different States. So logistically having to get all the gear in all of these different places, make sure everybody had all, the- there's so many things when you're traveling with like seven suitcases of gear, it's, um, and into not just one or two States, like yeah. five or six different places. It's, Six cities, I think, in total. Yeah. That's a lot of gear to transport and one battery, dude. That's all we lost. Are you kidding me? That is so good for me. I don't think you guys understand it. One $500 battery. But who's counting on the price, you know? Yeah, so we did well. That project was probably still to this day, like from start to finish of like when they hit us up, mm-hmm. coming up with the whole creative Sharif killing it as a producer, like Mm -hmm. figuring out all the logistics because we were in so many different cities. There were so many little details that Mm -hmm. we had to take into account, like just like booking flights and, and permits and all that kind of stuff and hotels. And, and once we got to said city, like renting the cars, the the getting, yeah, getting Turos and oh my God, you don't realize how unfortunate it is when you wake up at 8am and you have a shoot at nine and the car cancels at 830. It's like, oh, they don't do so many things went wrong. They don't prep you for that stuff. Yeah. You know, so I would also say not only is, was it the most grueling, but it was, we, I would argue, learn the most we ever have, like yeah. through that process. Yeah, I think so too. It was super fun. I love. I'm, I'm a sucker for a challenge. So that was, a, it was a great time. Yeah. Shout and out it, Xander Isaacson. Yeah, and it was seriously like one of the most fun things I've ever gotten to yeah. work on. So that was crazy. What inspired you to start creating Natasha Movesy? Yep, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What started you? What inspired you to start creating? Um, this YouTuber, his name is Christian Guzman, and nice. once I found Christian, he's he was vlogging, and then it just randomly YouTube recommended Casey Neistat, and that was all. She, actually, no, it was my friend Nick Baca that recommended Casey Neistat. So that was how I found those two guys, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be a vet right now. Yeah, and this is. I, I'm getting just destroyed in every vet class, but what those two guys oh, are doing. Oh, veterinarian. Yeah, I was, a, um, I was a human phys major because they didn't have vet school at Oregon because I wasn't smart enough to get to a vet school right off the bat. So I was doing human phys and then I was going to transfer into vet school. But doing that, I was like, okay, whatever this is, this isn't fun. And whatever those two guys are doing, that looks super fun. So I'm going to try and chase this passion of like literally what their yeah. lives were looking like online. I was like, I want to use the camera and document what I'm living and doing. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? I got inspired also by Casey Neistat. I specifically remember watching the Make It Count video at my dining room table in the apartment that I grew up in. And I remember showing my mom being like, I wanna do that. Like, I wanna go see the world. This guy's sick. He's using a camera, making cool video. 
like this is what I want to do and that like kind of expi- that was like the specific moment that like sparked my curiosity for travel I want to like I want to go see the world mm-hmm. um, but also I was on a show in high school called Teens React and that was my introduction into like the YouTube world and because I was on that show I started gaining a following on like it was first Twitter ironically enough and then Instagram came along um, and so I was like, I want to keep growing that because I stopped doing the show, um, but I wanted to keep making content. And so I was like, let me start a YouTube channel. So I started dabbling with YouTube videos in uh, in college. Um, but yeah, it was being on Teen Jack, getting, to expo- getting exposed to like the YouTube lifestyle and then seeing that Make It Count video by Casey and I said, those two things inspired my like, hey, I'm going to go make videos. Also, I would hmm. say- Make It Count was a big one for make me. Make It Count was so God. dope. Also like just skating with my friends and watching skate videos and like GoPros being mm-hmm. a thing. And like then also I got the iPhone in I wanna say seventh or eighth mm-hmm. grade. So I had like something to take photos and like make videos with. Were you fascinated? Like for me, it was like document, like when people were just filming them doing things. Sure. I was like, I, I don't know why I like this, but yeah. I love watching this person like put together said thing or like Casey unbox all those freaking things that would get sent to his place. Like. I was just finding myself, I'm like, I could watch this for 10 hours. Like someone do said thing, whatever that was, like just making something with their hands. Like, I don't know, I would just like that process and it was just so calming. It was like, oh, I could just watch you do said thing all day long. So it's kind of interesting. What are the opinions on Final Cut Pro? This is from the homie Xavier, shout out. Oh dude, yeah, shout out Xavier. I mean, if you want to use a a worse off editing platform, go by all means, go ahead and use (laughs) Final Cut Pro. But it really kind of does the same, it does a lot of the same functions as Premiere. My biggest thing, biggest thing for why I use Premiere, they're going to pour billions of dollars into innovating all of the different apps. They do have a little too many. They have a lot of apps. You know, they got a lot of stuff to worry about. But I will say that I personally think that most of the industry in, um, in, in like, for example, sports, they're all in Premiere. Every single, mm. they're all using Premiere. So it's like if you go into one of those things, they're going to ask you, do you use Premiere? And if the answer is no, I'm not saying they're going to cut you out. But it'd be something for me if I was the if I was the person hiring, I'd be like, oh, I have to teach Billy a whole new software. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, are you going to hustle and like learn the whole new software? I don't know. That's just me. That's it, interesting. I think I started with Final Cut. Yeah, I used so Final Cut I. for like two years and I was super good at it. And then I remember it was at the University of Oregon. My boss was like, yo, you're switching. I was like, okay, sounds I'll, I'll switch. Yeah, whatever. I learned it in like a week and that was it. And then I just have never looked back. Interesting. Yeah. I switched. I was using Final Cut all the way up until my senior year of college. I took an advanced editing class and it, it really wasn't the class that I wanted to take because I wanted to learn how to make like Sam Colder transitions. And it was like, hey, this is how you edit a movie. And I was like, I don't really give a fuck about that. But I was using Final Cut up until that point And I was pretty like, I was resistant against like switching. Yes. And then my teacher, she showed me a, a bunch of stuff on how to edit. And I was like, oh, you kind of can do stuff easier in mm. Premiere than you can in Final Cut. I just like, I liked it. And then I came around and then I switched. Um, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Like yeah. you can pretty much do all the same stuff yeah. in Final Cut. I agree. Daniel Schiffer, I don't know if yeah, you ever he, watched yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's great. He, he's he, a Final Cut guy, yeah. you know? So I, I this, is a, this is a great thing, right? doesn't matter how you make the damn video and what software yeah. really right like 
we Parasite, the movie, the insane blockbuster movie, was created on Final Cut Pro 7, a 10-year-old software. Crazy. So it doesn't even matter, right? It's like, make the damn video, tell the story. Who yeah. cares really what it's made with? No one's going to like audit you and be like, what did you use to make this thing? It doesn't matter, right? It's just like whatever tool you can use to get it done, that's what works the best. There totally. it is. And that's what's going to be good for you. Can you please hook me up with photos to shoot Loud Luxury and the Lakers? That's oh. a common DM I've been getting. Yeah. God, why are they doing this to us? Well, the simple answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, someone, um, I don't know who actually sent the question, but they asked like, hey, can you hook me up and shoot, or can you hook me up and have me shoot Loud Luxury on New Year's at Academy here in LA? <laughs> and a couple things. One, literally no. But two, your first message to me is asking for something. Hmm. So obviously I'm not gonna wanna help you out. Like I'm gonna wanna help out someone who is a friend of mine mm -hmm. and who also like has provided me maybe some value. Like why would I present you a fucking awesome opportunity when one, I don't even know who you, you don't are. Know. Yeah, you don't know. And two, you're just like asking for something straight off the bat. I didn't even take, I didn't even um, go to their profile to check out their stuff. I was like the simple fact that you're asking me for something right off the bat, like, kind of go fuck yourself. Yeah, I think I, I get it a lot, same thing. Um, but two, specifically for like concert stuff, I've had a ton of people reach out to me and ask me like, hey, can I be a second shooter for this show? Like Loud Luxury's coming to this city. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the power to say yes. Like yeah. I've actually asked to like bring on a second shooter and they're just like, no, it's more trouble for us. We need them to get a COI. Like unless you feel like it's a big show that you need a second shooter for, like, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. So one, if you're trying to shoot for an artist, like don't go through the photographer. At least that's how it's been in my case. So that's one. Two, if the photographer for an artist needs a second shooter, they're they're gonna go to someone who they're friends with yeah. in their network. Yeah. So don't Cause, go because you gotta. I gotta, tr dude. I'm gonna put yeah. you up against exactly. like my 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 guys I shoot yeah. for all the time, and you're gonna. You, what if you act weird? Exactly. Right. My like my reputation is yes, on the line exactly. by bringing you on. So two. So that's one thing. But two, if you want to shoot for an artist, there's a couple ways you can go about it. I would say try to get in contact. Again, kind of going back to what we were talking about, like the mm -hmm. LinkedIn, you got to do some like deep diving, like mm -hmm. find their manager, their tour manager, the day-to-day -day manager, reach out to them because they have more power and the ability to say yes over the photographer. So do some deep diving, try to find them. So I would reach out to them. Mm. Or reach out to the artist specifically, but you have to be careful because like a lot of artists already have someone they are they work with consistently mm -hmm. what i would do in that case go to the artist you want to shoot for go on their instagram and see who they're tagging as the photographer in their photos because most artists are going to tag their photographer if you're looking at like multiple photos and the same photographer is tagged in multiple photos they have that specific guy and yeah. they don't need you really yeah so i would start with like a smaller act and if you want to, you know, go about it that way, if you want to mm -hmm. reach out to the artist specifically, try to reach out to someone who you can't really tell or, you know, for a fact doesn't have a specific photographer or videographer or get to like the manager and see if there's an opportunity that yeah. arises. I think that a lot of people make this huge mistake, too, is when they reach out to say, say I wanted to shoot for Loud Luxury, right? This has happened at the Lakers so many times and it's like comedic at this point. Our like head of create, our head of social. I remember last year, some some random ass person DM them on Twitter and was like, "Hey, um, you know, I've been seeing your stuff, and I I really think that I personally could really change what's going on here. Basically, like shitting on all the stuff that we mm -hmm. do. This is like the head of social. It's yeah. not what you should say. Yeah. So you should never ever 
go if I wanted to shoot loud luxury, I wouldn't be like, hey, what you're doing is great. But I think if I got the opportunity, it'd be a lot better. And sure. you would be so surprised how many people think that is smart to like kind of take a dig at whatever content that the brand or the team, the last, I'm telling you guys, the last thing that any brand wants to hear, it's their baby. You got to think like anything that they're making for said team, brand, whatever, it's their child. That's like, oh, I'm working my ass off to like create this this uh, all this content for yeah. said entity and you just shat on it and then think that I'm going to hire you. Yeah. Dude, use your head. So that happens a lot and so that definitely don't do that. If anything, compliment and then go and be like, "Hey, I'd, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to hold a bag, I'm I'm your person or yeah. log footage or whatever. Do the stuff that like these people aren't going to want to do, you know, but like, oh, hey, even if I was, you know, reaching out to somebody in concerts, it's like, you need someone to go dump your car, dude. I will do anything to be able to get an opportunity to help you. You also have to take into account, and this is me kind of just going off the cuff right now. I want to yeah. get your opinion. Like the bigger the artist or team you're reaching out to, the better your shit better be. Oh yeah, for sure. You shouldn't, right? yeah, you shouldn't reach... Dude, there's levels to this shit. Hundred percent. You know, you, there's levels to it. It's like if you're if you go, I always shoot your shot. Okay, you'll totally. never hear me not say don't shoot your shot. But if you go on said like a company or a brand or an agency and you're trying to work with them and your shit's not of the caliber of whatever they're producing, you look like a fool when you reach out to them. That's me personally. I wouldn't do that because I I think that I need to be of the caliber um, objectively of the caliber that like is going on that the content they're producing to even ask it's like it's it's disrespectful 100%. it is disrespectful i think to to do that it's like hey i think i'm i'm up there with you guys i'm like are you serious yeah. right now you know 100 okay so john nab sent me this message this was fucking awesome let's go i took the at bat by offering to film that video of that dj for free and now the venue just gave me a budget to cover sg lewis and a few other artists this weekend safe to say i at least got on base fired up so here's the thing he offered to shoot a DJ for free who I don't know the like le which DJ it was, mm. but I'm assuming it wasn't like as big of a DJ. So he offered to shoot it for free. Okay. There's like literally no risk on the DJs or the venues part. He did a good enough job and now he's getting a budget. He's getting paid to shoot SG Lewis, who is a legitimately like great artist and some other artists as well. So like what we say is like, never be afraid to shoot your shot. Don't be afraid to work for free and like get that opportunity, do a good enough job, get on base and opportunities will present themselves. Yeah. He just, he just hit a stand up double. Yeah. Cam, he just easy peasy. Oh, that's huge. Shout out John. That's awesome. And I love, I really do love when you guys DM us. It, it, amazing. it makes me so happy to see that you guys are catching dubs and that you're making bread. So really like, please keep sending us DMs. It just, it keeps the fire going, baby. Yeah. John, that, uh, that DM really made my day. Yeah. And okay. Last question. Okay. Oh, what do we got? Last question. How do you figure out what to post on social as far as your personal brand goes? Oh, how does that go? Okay. That's actually, actually a good, huge debate. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions on this. I would say use social media to post your niche if and if you have multiple things that you shoot i would argue the best way to go about it is to create multiple pages for those niches specifically on instagram mm -hmm. on tiktok it's a little bit different you can kind of be like you can make kind of different types of content but like if you're posting your work instagram is probably the main place you're doing it so if you have like a personal brand like more lifestyle like your face whatever showing yourself mm -hmm. i would have like a personal instagram and then let's say you're show like let's say you shoot like concerts 
do the concert. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I have like yeah. my own personal Instagram and then I have the stuff that KG I shoot for Loud Electric. Yeah. yeah. But let's say you're like not quite niche down, right? Like all the stuff that I'm shooting right now is mainly concerts. So like I have all my stuff, concerts on my photo page. But if I was to shoot like other stuff, for example, like I am going to go to Bali. I'm doing travel stuff. Like those photos, I'll probably want a place to post them. So like I would argue like posting it on a whole other Instagram feed where it's like just travel. Like use Instagram and and be strategic about how you post and what you post on specific pages and like kind of stick to a to a niche um, and then use your website to show, to showcase everything. There's a kid, I forget his name, but he reached out to me. He was like, yo, I shoot weddings and concerts and I have my own personal stuff. Like, how should I go about posting that on social? Like have your website be where you have everything. Mm. Then have your one Instagram page for your own personal stuff where you show off your, you know, your, uh, your smile, your fucking mm. personal brand. Sorry, hold on. So then have your, have your website where you show off everything that you can do and then have your own Instagram where you show off like your personal brand and then have your concert specific Instagram and then your weddings specific Instagram. And if there's one that you do more than the other, like you want to stick to or like lean more into, like you don't need a separate Instagram for that. But like if someone hits you up, you like, oh, yeah, send them a Google exactly. Drive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I mean, that I remember there was a specific moment in college when. I was at maybe like a thousand followers or something freshman year of college and we're posting, you know, we're going out to like date dashes and like my, my page looks like a frat star one Oh one, you know, I'm in, I'm in a toga, you know, Jack yes. is of course, super jacked and off the roids. Yeah. Off the roids. And I remember there was a turning point where I was like, okay, I'm posting like Oregon football stuff. And then I'm in a toga mm. next to it. I'm like, this looks stupid. Yeah. So I made, I made a conscious decision. It was right after the toga party post. I remember I was like, okay, this is now a business and this beefy is now a company. Yeah. And I'm going to treat it like that. So I'm, and I want to be known as like someone at the time I was like, I want to be the camera guy. I don't know what that means yet, but I want to be something with this camera. So I archived all of these sorority pics and all these stu- shirtless pics, whatever, yeah. me, whatever, all these, gy- I was the gym guy for a while. I was like, I want to do the camera thing. So the gym stuff is that persona is gone. It's completely gone. Archived all the stuff, started posting like, um, like sunset type of content. And I was experimenting with all these sunset things. And I was like, okay, I like the sports stuff now. So I'm going to start really going into sports. And then as I did more branded projects, I started to sprinkle in that stuff and kind of like diversify the page a little bit. So if you go down, like scroll my page, you will see the transition of like, oh, started working for the Lakers. And like, now it's a lot of sports content. Oh, but now he's talking to the camera more. So you can see kind of how that stuff changed over time. And I think it's important to to have a, a consistent theme on your page. Like you were telling me earlier, you're not, I'm not going to go search for, you know, John, who is the wedding videographing surfer. Like you're not going to go do that, dude. I'm not gonna be like, Oh, what was that guy's name? Who does wedding videography, but he also surfs all the time. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Right. And then I also, (laughs) I think he like started going vegan. Yeah. He's a vegan, the vegan wedding videographer surfer, John. So yeah. no one's going to do that, right? He also, I think he's training for the um, Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. But also <laughs> doing this thing. <laughs> he also skydives on the weekends. Like, yeah, dude, personal brand goes crazy. Yeah, this guy's personal brand's like 97 things. But, you know, it's like, it's like pick a few. I like to use stories. I think stories are sure. a great thing on Instagram to yeah. be able to share. Like if it's not something that's going to make the feed, you yeah. can still share what you're doing totally. that day. And people can be like, oh, like for, for me, for example, I like to go, I go to the gym like four or five days a week, right? 
I'm not a fitness guy. I don't want to be a fitness influencer, dude. But I think that it's like that's a part of what I do yeah. and what I'm about. So and I and I think being healthy and fit yeah. is a good thing. So I'll post that on the stories and I'll shit on you on my stories, okay? <laughs> but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go rip like a feed post of like check out this 225 bench. Mm-hmm. Not gonna do that. It's not what I'm about now. I also think like you don't have to post and show everything on social media. Totally. Like if there's something that you make for a client, but yeah. it doesn't really fit your brand on social but you're proud of it yeah put it on your website you don't have to Definitely. share it on social yeah i did weddings starting out yeah and i didn't post them because i didn't want to be hired for weddings exactly. but i needed the bread yeah so, ladies and gentlemen if you're still here please take a screenshot on your story tag the boys make sure you tag keon because he's been he's been eating good but we got to get him some more food so as always we'll see you guys next week peace peace